0: Hi, I'm Harry. Hello, I'm Rory, and welcome to Games on Film.
1: Episode 3, Rampage. Yes. It's a beautiful, sunny day. What better day for podcasting indoors?
0: About a video game.
1: About a video game movie.
0: Yes, so we this will be the third part of our new cinema release trilogy, mm-hmm. which we started with Tomb Raider, then Ready Player One, and now... Uh, Rampage.
1: Yeah, video game cinema. Very much in the mainstream at the moment. Um, I saw Rampage last night. As D- did I. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, separately, sadly, we had, uh, people to do. Things to see. I don't know why I said people to do. Places to go, people to see is what I meant. Um... And so, yeah, we saw it separately and then we've come um, here at Rory's place and we're going to have a little chat about the film. We're going to talk a bit about our experiences with the game. And uh, then dive right into it, I suppose.
0: Yeah, so if, uh, as we're in a different location, if it sounds a little bit different, Mm -hmm. that's the explanation to it. But uh, we've got our roaming mic, which uh, takes us to wherever we need to. Yeah, don't abandon
1: us because we're at Rory's place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So. I guess diving sort of straight into it... I mean, do we have it Oh, I suppose, as I say always, we're going to be spoiling the plot of Rampage. Um, So please don't write to us and complain about spoilers. But uh, so Rampage, then, the video game. What's your experiences with that?
0: Well, um, so Rampage... I guess the original release was 1980-something? 1980?
1: 1980, oh, I remember 1980-something.
0: Yeah. It's a good year, that. I'm sure everyone in Ready Player One remembers 1980-something. Yeah, <laughs> it was
1: shoulder pads, Miami Vice socks, well, lack of socks, I should say. Uh, Was it
0: Miami voice all about the jackets, the sleeves being rolled up in the jackets? Yeah,
1: and, and the lack of socks. So lack I've, of socks? Yeah, okay. they, if you look at their feet, not wearing any socks, I bet their feet stunk to high heaven.
0: Well, it's all—it's almost lack of socks season because that's the fashion, isn't
1: it? Wearing those kind of debt shoes. And, yeah, um, today, I mean... Don't want to date this podcast, but today's the first day of the year and we're in Converses, so hey, <laughs> Sunny! Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so Rampage, I guess, was kind of... this was a Midway Games release, mm-hmm. and it was, I guess, something of a classic of the time. Mm. Um, I think largely down to the design and the look and the feel, um, because the graphics were... Pretty good, and there was a lot of character with the, with the characters. So if
1: you've never played Rampage, what is Rampage about?
0: So um, Rampage, uh, from what I can ascertain from playing it, before we started this podcast, we actually had a little go of it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you are one of three monsters. Uh, there's George, the giant gorilla. There's Lizzie, the giant lizard. And there's Ralph, the giant wolf. And you are tasked with basically destroying um, buildings and eating people.
1: Hmm. Yeah, fun for all the family, that.
0: So it's all very heavily kind of, I guess, kaiju archetypes plus werewolf, yeah, I guess. So
1: <laughs> King Kong, Godzilla, and the, fame, and the Wolfman made large, destroying buildings. I must have played it in the arcade ages ago, but mm. I, I've never owned any of the home versions. So... It was a lot of fun um, just playing, it was called, uh, I think, Rampage Destruction on the Wii. Yeah, so with... we,
0: we played, uh, I, I got a copy of Rampage Total Destruction, mm. which has the original Rampage game, Rampage World Tour, which was the sort of late 90s mm. um, redo and then rampage total destruction on the Wii, and so we we played a little session of all three,
1: and your I think my favorite one was the original, yes, so there's the lack of music there's no music, but um had surprisingly good controls, I mean, it's a bit floaty, but um you if you depending on where you're pointing your directional stick um you're you're punching up, you're punching down, you're kicking, you're grabbing people mm. a lot of control in there and it's fun to jump from building to building and smash 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 until it all comes down um, as the series went on i think they overcomplicated a bit yes and the most recent Wii one, eh, sadly has shake controls and we played yeah. one level of that did not enjoy it i mean um,
0: i i played a tiny bit of it um before uh you came over and it's soul destroyingly awful mm. as a one player game with two players it's barely tolerable, because at least the levels don't take forever to uh, to get past, because yeah. you have to destroy all the buildings, and the controls in the Wii version were absolutely useless.
1: No, exactly. So um, if we were to recommend the game, check out the original, I think.
0: Yeah, I think the original is is pretty fun if you want something a bit brainless, but sort of uh, just entertaining, and it's interesting um, in terms of, as you say, its gameplay. Um, the mechanics of it are quite well um put together and uh, it looks pretty nice and so it holds up for a for a kind of mm. 20 minute session <laughs> yeah
1: but as we said in episode zero i think we're both a bit surprised i think everyone's a bit surprised that rampage was chosen to have a video game done about it today because it does seem to be of late games like assassin's creed and things have uh are quite popular in the moment so they try and uh, churn a game out as quickly as possible but trying well, to film out yeah that's right the film I <laughs> Mm, get confused about, about <laughs> our terminology here. I've listened back to a few episodes of our podcast and boy, do I say different things <laughs> that I mean. So I'm, I'm going to try my very best. I'm to... just here, I'm just here to yeah. step in and as, correct you too. As long as we don't mention any Japanese islands or <laughs> spirits or ghosts, that's fine.
0: Um, video game movies, mm. most recently, they'll be doing an adaptation of... A recent or familiar mm. game, or something which has been released in the past few yeah, years. I would
1: say Rampage. Although I think a lot of a lot of gamers certainly remember Rampage, It's not permeated the popular culture like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter. Yeah. I don't think there's been any news reports, uh, like like, Grand, like Grand, Grand Theft Auto generated about about it. So, but
0: this, I mean, this speaks to a little bit <clears throat> because um before um when Rampage was first announced and stuff and before we actually sat down and and played it i was getting it a bit conflated with some other titles it sort mm. of it, it was a little bit like um i was picturing it more like the king of the monsters which was a sort of snk beat em up where you're kind of two monsters mm. in a kind of you know various different japanese cities and you're you know throwing punches at each other and things and also a little bit of primal rage yes which was the sort of mortal combat style in terms of the digitized mm. i guess animated characters but it was uh dinosaurs mm. and uh apes fighting in a kind yeah. of um prehistoric mishmash
1: beat up in reality it's really just donkey kong but told from donkey kong's perspective <laughs> and, and you get to eat mario so <laughs> it's all good so this film got announced and we saw the trailer, the, the initial trailer for it was came out about four months ago. And it was very self-serious, a very poe faced And we mm. felt, oh my goodness, this is just going to be a gritty re- a gritty adaptation of Rampage. But then uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, he turned on the charm offensive and everything since has been a bit silly. And then the films come out and, you know, spoilers, I think. I really, really liked
0: it. Yeah, I I had a had a good time watching it. What a lot of fun this yes. film is! Well, it's interesting because, um, <laughs> uh, like The Rock of of now, mm. it's he's sort of an, an unstoppable force. And if mm. you think about, I think we'll talk about this in another episode. But if just generally, if you think about, if you trace his career, mm. and he's had his highs, he's had his lows, but. When you think about before The Rock, the most successful cinematic wrestler was Hulk Hogan. Mm. Yes, you I, sort I, of I Mr. I, Nanny in Suburban Commando. I
1: was taken to see Mr. Nanny by a WWF obsessed friend. I did not, I had not ever seen WWF, so um, even as a very young child, I thought this is bloody awful. <laughs> but um, but, but it, it's it, it's interesting because um,
0: I guess you could you can chart like The Rock's. More most recent sort of um, uh, career ascendancy. Mm. Um, he's been from... at it for a long time. Hasn't oh, oh no, no, yeah, he's, what he's... ten,
1: ten, ten odd years?
0: Oh, uh, at, at least. Mm. I think possibly one of his first. When was onspring... Money Returns? Well, that was 1999, I think. Okay, so yeah, I mean, almost up to uh, mm.
1: 20 years. And there's an episode of Star Trek Voyager where he beats up seven of nine, and he's a wrestler. Oh yeah, um, no, that's true. Stretching himself, but. I think when he started...
0: Yeah, maybe Mummy 1 was 1999, maybe Mummy 2 was... When he started
1: uh, The Rock... um, Shall we call him The Rock? Whatever rolls off the tongue, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Interchangeable. Rolling rock off the tongue, as it were. When The Rock started, I think he's trying to chase being the next Schwarzenegger. And I just think we're in this place now where movie stars just aren't the same as back in Schwarzenegger's day. They're they're not... I think one reason why this, this film Rampage succeeds where... Other, other video game movies may struggle a bit, is that I, I would argue that this is very much a rock movie, yes. not a video game movie. Yes. It's based upon The Rock's charm offensive. I mean, you know, was what, his last film literally Jumanji? So he's done two yeah. quote-unquote video game movies in a row. He's I think he's come to, starting as trying to be Schwarzenegger, he's, he has got to a place where he's got... A franchise for people who like fast cars and Jason Statham. <laughs> yes, um, he's got a franchise. But he does family stuff. Um, he's been very upfront in interviews about Rampage, where he just wants people to have a good time. So uh, yeah, I mean, I I was I we were kind of fans of wrestling for a little bit when we were kids, but we we missed the WWF Attitude. Period really.
0: Well, I think I think basically yes. Uh, we had some Sky uh, mm. TV access for a, for a brief moment, and so yes, we did. We ours was kind of a I guess Ultimate
1: sort of, Warrior, Randy Savage era. Yeah,
0: Hulk Hogan, mm. Undertaker. Of a you know, a kind
1: of all the wrestlers then started just wearing nothing more than pants <laughs> rather than all the elaborate costumes. So we Mr. Rock as a wrestler, and you know, it, who would have thought? Either? So there's. The Rock, Dave Bautista, and uh, and John Cena. John Cena. Apparently, he's really good in a few things. Who would have thought it? I mean, again, if you say, "Oh, wrestling is acting," then it does make sense that um, wrestlers turn out to be good actors. Mm. Um, but but yeah, like some of our best movie stars right now, giving mean, some of our greatest great blockbuster performances are from. The old World Wide Wrestling Federation.
0: But I think I think as it's, it's what you were saying about the Schwarzenegger thing is interesting because in the rundown, as it's known here, but actually known as Welcome. No, it was rundown at other places in the UK. It's known as Welcome to the Jungle. Mm-hmm. So before he did Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, he was in another film called Welcome to the. Jungle. Oh right. Okay. And the start of that film, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a cameo. Yes. And they kind of does it. He does a little kind of tags him in, sort mm. of you're up, you're next to uh, the Rock as he's. Mm walking through but yeah so i think what's interesting is that yes this current rock naissance (laughs) rock of ages whatever you want to call it um probably really kicked in when he joined the fast the furious franchise and fast Mm. five um but it's definitely increased, and it's it's interesting because the director of Rampage, Brad Peyton, yes, he also directed. Um, this is his third film with The Rock. Mm-hmm. He directed Journey to the Mysterious Island, which I think was most noticeable for the fact that one of the posters of it featured Michael Caine riding a giant bee. Oh, I've got to see that film now. <laughs> that was like the I think it's in one of the top ten character posters. Oh. <laughs> I think that was one of the things. And um, then he also did San Andreas. Yeah, I've um, not seen that either. Which I didn't see. Um, and then this is his third collaboration. And it, it seems like, with those films, you know, The Rock has found someone who will... Gets him. Gets him. And yeah. gets the kind of entertainment level that he's trying to uh, pitch himself.
1: Yeah, but the director, what's his name? Brad Payton. He He's not had the most storied career. I mean... This goes without saying, I've not directed any Hollywood movies, so um, I guess, in fact, anyone, if it ever sounds like we're hating on any of these video game movies or directors, they've made a movie and we haven't, so um, we can, if they want to get in touch, say shut up, um, they're absolutely entitled to, Um, but I will say I'm a massive fan of the directors Cats and Dogs 2, Chris O'Donnell as the human, and... Roger Moore is a cameo. It's got the most wonderful title sequence with silhouetted cats and dogs running up the Golden Gate Bridge along to a Chris, um, Shirley Bassey song. So I, would, I she, would...
0: Yeah, she's doing a cover of um, Better Get the Party Started yep, by Pink.
1: I would absolutely recommend you check that out if you actually want to have a good old chuckle and a okay. good time. So this, the film... Should we get to the film itself? Should we, um, we're not going to go blow by blow because the film is really... Sp- Split into three sections. Um, yeah, three or four.
0: Let's 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 uh, kind of hop around um, the mm. movie
1: and talk about it properly now. So the so when we, we get we get we come into the cinema, <laughs> we see the trailers. <laughs> we've, but, we've we've got our snacks. But we've we've talked a bit about how the the tone of the trailers have changed. It was self serious when it got a little bit silly. But the opening section of this film is very much like a horror movie. Is it maybe the best ripoff of Alien
0: since Life? Since Life. <laughs> well, I mean, I look like, there's every sort of so many different iterations of the Alien formula. Yeah, but actually, this was a pretty good one.
1: This was really good, and I think again one of the the strengths of this film, and one of the things it gets right. Is yes, it wants to have a cake and eat it. Yes, it wants to be like a bit of a comedy, family entertainment type vehicle. But you can't have everything be fluff. You, if you want to sell the threats to the actors or the danger, or if you want to believe our heroes are at risk, you really need to very early on sell that the, the, these people could die. There could be a risk and a danger, and, and there's, there's something these creatures are something to be afraid of. So the opening. I didn't expect it to start in space. But well, I guess we from the trailers,
0: it you know, you have these things hurtling from the sky. And so, yeah, mm, I, I mean, it must have been. But it I, I had been ex-
1: thrown by an extremely strong man that's <laughs> across the sky. Just like I've had it up to this with this mutagenic yeah. gas canister. You've never thrown <laughs> your research against the wall, I take it. No, um, but I didn't expect it to start in space. But then we have this lady being chased around with like, bodies and body parts flowing around yeah there was a certain like
0: it was there were some certainly i mean i think the bbfc warning included gory images and oh i so... like checking
1: with that. a rude gesture it said oh yeah what? well we'll uh, get we'll get onto the rude but, um, gestures i was just searching the film for a rude gesture I was, like, was that rude enough was that it doesn't seem so rude yeah. then it does come um
0: but yes it's 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 pretty tense and scary and the way it's
1: good zero g effect where she's floating around so there's a scientist she's she um she's the last one left alive on the space station and um but she's trying to get to an escape pod but then the voice of her boss says you won't be able to get on the escape pod unless you get a sample of your research and so she has to go back into the space station pull out the research which reminded me very much of um the self-destruct sequence on the Nostromo in Alien where mm-hmm. she had to pull stuff out and slot it back in again and and all the while she's been chased um in the shadows by a giant rat and I was watching this in a cinema with like families or little kids <laughs> and I was thinking about them as like bloods and hands and but like I was saying it's it, it really sell the
0: danger of it it was pretty intense I, I like the shot when you know there's there's the kind of smoke and f- and fire and things in the background and you can kind of see the silhouette mm. of the rat monster um, sort of floating around mm. behind her. And uh, and
1: then she, get, yeah. she, she gets to research and she gets into the escape pod and she thinks she's safe. But then the window of the escape pod starts to crack and then she dies. And again, I thought this silly film called Rampage should not have as an affecting opening as this does you really felt for her and felt sad yeah, i
0: i kind of felt you know in the short while i think it was credit to the performance and and the tension and staging uh, as well but i sort of cared for her more than most of the characters in prometheus
1: <laughs> yeah and like going back to life i thought that was a, that was a pretty good film have you seen it i i didn't yet um so you know it was very much influenced by alien and such and um but I, again i felt that the performance the short little mini film of this lady being chased through the space station by a rat was was far more tense and effective and creepy and, and sad much more than than life so plaudits it to um that opening sequence i think the next scene we get to we are introduced to the to the rock Yes. Uh, Who's dressed as his character from Welcome to the Jungle, uh, the Jumanji. Yes. Um... And, but uh,
0: he does change his shirt um, before the movie starts proper. Yes, so. he's
1: into his I- iconic T-shirt. White T-shirt. <laughs> White T-shirt. Which I think he's... Well, I think on the cover of the
0: Journey to the Mysterious Island, he's wearing a grey T-shirt. So
1: Right, okay, you've paid far more attention to this Journey <laughs> 2 poster. Though I admit, any poster with Michael Caine writing a B <laughs> would probably uh, be hanging on my wall, actually. So <laughs> he, he's, his character is uh, Davis... Okoye. Um, Okoye. And um, he's a an ex special forces person who uh, now works with apes, and uh, it reminded me a lot of Chris Pratt's character in Jurassic World. And I was like, yeah. hey, "What is it about the military which gets you working with animals?" Well, there is. I mean, they talked about
0: it later, but he is um, he was like special ops, and then leading an anti poaching mm. unit. So. Yeah. That's why he, he sort of became a primatologist yeah. as a result of that. He doesn't like poaching. It's interesting. There is like this anti-poaching
1: message. Mm.
0: and He's more
1: a scrambled eggs man. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Um, um, so yeah,
0: there's... But, I'd like, but on that, it's interesting because it's coming at a time when um, there was poor Cecil the lion oh, who got shot by that evil mm-hmm. dentist mm-hmm. um you've got the trump uh, sons lots of every time there's oh, you know photos make, of them where don't they
1: make this political rory don't want this podcast to i'm be just political.
0: saying that some Sorry. bad dudes we don't
1: want to offend any of our trump <laughs> listeners um so if, if you do want to make america great again if you are offended donald trump Fuck off. <laughs> um,
0: but yes, there, no, there's right. pictures of them and they've like, you know, killed uh, animals and, mm. and sliced up um, again, elephants and stuff. A-
1: another great thing about this film, I think it really sold the empathy towards the animals. Yes. They're, very, they're not viewed as monsters. They are um, wild. They just are wild animals. They do wild animal stuff. But and... I think
0: that was I think there's a quote from was it the creator of Godzilla? Mm. And it's always the problem with monsters is that they're too big, they're too tall, um, they 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 have no control over, you know, their actions and who they are. It's just they were born into this world the wrong size and mm. the wrong shape, and it's not their fault.
1: And it really conveyed that. I mean, we'll get to it a bit later, but but George, you know, he's just horrified with what he's. George is the gorilla by the way. Yeah. Um, he's horrified with how what he's become and and they really sell that and so um there's this bit where one of the new gorillas who've been introduced to the enclosure in San Diego uh, attacks one of, one of one of the rock's mates and at the start you think oh it's a really scary gorilla but by the end of the scene the rock explains oh he's just he's scared he's been introduced into this environment let's take care of him and again just plaudits i think all round great performance from the rock skillful direction <laughs> great performance from the apes from, well the apes are fantastic wasn't the cg i mean we i i must admit i do miss Kong, the film congo <laughs> and 2001 where people are dressed up as apes i mean i'm sure i think it's a bit sad I, I, I guess we're all motion capping the apes now but yeah you, i did, think you, that, who did I the think, visuals in this i don't
0: know but i i think the the um yeah, those people who would have dressed up in ape costumes to do ape mo- uh, performances, probably quite happy that they can still do ape performances now, but they just uh, can do it without wearing, mm, you know, really big hot. furry costumes, and mm. they can just wear, you know, wetsuits with ping pong balls or mm. or whatever. The Rock, he's, yeah, Davis Okoye, to use his character name. Uh, he's this primatologist at the San Diego uh, Zoo, and we are introduced to his best friend in the whole wide world. Um, Not the, the Not the humans. He's very much... It's made very clear that he doesn't care for humans mm. throughout the film. Um, Which I
1: can empathise with.
0: Yes. Um, particularly when you go and see it in a packed cinema with lots yes. of annoying people around. Um, and uh, yeah, we're introduced to George, who is an albino um, gorilla. Mm-hmm. And I sort of wonder... I mean, it's interesting because later on they explain how uh, they met and mm. how when Rock was doing his anti-poaching stuff, he found baby, baby George baby whose George. mother was being brutally mm. killed by poachers, and you know, his so big,
1: her, his big blue eyes, baby George, as yeah.
0: well. and they he explains that oh well, he's you know an albino gorilla is going to fetch a huge amount on the black market. Mm. Um, so ironically, he... yeah. <laughs> White gorilla, black market. Um, so he decides to take care of him and he explains that, you know, the poachers shot at him. Mm. They missed. I shot back. I didn't.
1: It's, we could have a whole conversation about whether or not a human life, even a poacher's life, is more valuable than the gorilla. But hey ho. That's not the message of the film. That's the, the, message the message is the these are bad people. They, um, they are bad people. We can't deny that. So, uh, yes. They knew the life they chose. Yes. So um,
0: we're introduced to um, George, and I guess the reason why they make him an albino is, you know, because of that. And they explain explain that, but also it's, it's probably just... to make it a little bit distinct from mm-hmm. King Kong.
1: I don't know; it's just more whitewashing, isn't it? In, in Hollywood, isn't it? <laughs> yes, they
0: whitewash the gorilla. Um, um, but... Yes, but I, I, th- I think also because, as we get on in terms of the versions of the of the creatures which are taken from the game, you have. The wolf, not that there's any kind of big giant wolf copyright infringement that might be in place, but with um, the giant alligator, Mm. which which appears as well, it's like in the game. It's more of a Godzilla style creature, and I think they were like litigation. Yeah, let's make it less Godzilla-esque, and I I think it, it works by
1: making it more a giant giant alligator. Yeah, and it makes it different. I mean, there's the litigation side, but it's also I've seen Godzilla the films. I saw him a couple of years ago, so yeah, make him different. So that's smart.
0: You know, there's some tragedy in this, but mm. generally George is a very friendly, funny character, and I think the humour that you were mentioning, which wasn't present in the trailers, really comes out mm. in this kind of introductory scene. There's a
1: scene when the, he's communicating with George. He, um, side note: I mean, he he communicates. With George so well, I think this would be the biggest story in the world that he could he can have full conversations with this gorilla. Not, yeah. Not on a me eat now, me sleep now. It was a proper like sort of sarcasm and all sorts of things. And yeah. I thought this would be he'd be the most famous man in the world. Um. And then you get your the rude gestures. Well, that were yes. Promised. Um, the first rude gesture of the film. Um, they go for a fist bump, but he turns. George turns his finger around and flips the birds. Yeah. And it made all the children in my cinema crack up right up and down the screen. Oh
0: sure. Yeah, that was was probably the biggest uh, response.
1: Yeah, and you knew it was gonna it comes at the end as well and of course, same thing again. It was a callback. George 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 Easy Uh huh (laughs) Okay. Okay. Oh, very funny. It's very funny. We're all very impressed. Yes, yes. You and I laughing at your joke, okay? New guy, he no laugh. He cried. Yeah. Yeah. Opposite of laugh. Like the sequence at the start in the, in the space station, this right away establishes the empathy of the rock towards his animals. Um, they make George an incredibly sympathetic character, um, I mean, if you want to contrast this speaking up to, um, Amy from Congo, who spoke with a robotic voice in the power glove, um, didn't give a <coughs> flying fuck about Amy, um, Amy star in bad movie, <laughs> star in bad movie, um. You know, I, I did actually when I saw that film at the cinema I did find it terrifying so I can't really well I complain. remember because
0: I used to have a little mini poster of Congo up in my room and then you came back I didn't see it at the cinema because I was too young mm. and you came back from the screen and you were like Rory you should never have that poster up in your <laughs> yeah. this movie or will oh. scare you but the poster was of Amy it's, oh, yeah. like, it's just a gorilla but, it's the only nice gorilla yeah, in the so movie
1: so there's a sequence in Congo where they when they throw her off um, a plane with a parachute I'd be quite happy if she hadn't been wearing a parachute <laughs> <laughs> um so we finish meeting George and then the rock drives away on his and his beast of a vehicle, which reminded me very much of uh, the Simpsons Canyonero. <laughs> Canyonero <laughs> <laughs> And that night some canisters fall from out of space. The um the canisters survive the explosion from the from the shuttle, from the escape pod, and they land right in front of uh George. And in in some other places as well.
0: One canister lands in in Georgia's enclosure. One canister uh, lands... In was it Wyoming
1: or oh, somewhere? Minnesota is that, is that the same place. Some I
0: said Minnesota, <laughs> not soda. <laughs> um, well, actually, because in that rampage, total destruction game, everyone's drinking scum soda. Yeah, which which changes them. But, but that's the thing because so these canisters. So yeah, one lands on these plains, and another one lands in a swamp. And so uh, George sniffs one of the canisters. Uh, a wolf sniffs one of the other ones, mm-hmm. and then a alligator. Um, well, swallows they, one of the other ones. Do we
1: see the alligator? I think we just see it go in the swamp because they, okay. they leave um, the the um, introduction of the monster, which is called Lizzie in the game. They leave the introduction to her a little bit later, but they sort of, again, the audience is waiting for her to show up. Even if you've never played the game, you would know that there's three canisters... And and where's the third monster? Mm. And actually, there's a uh, we're skipping just jumping ahead a little bit. One of my favorite reaction shots was when uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, um, who plays um, Foghorn Leghorn in the film, i aka the <laughs> Agent uh, Harvey Russell. Agent Harvey Russell. He he does a little eye roll just before well when he realizes oh there's going to be another monster and I, about that lovely little moment there but the audience is is ahead of everyone because they know another monster's going to show up so that was but, but, smart
0: but that's another difference with the game is that in the game it's it's people who metamorphosize yes I into the monsters there's, there's
1: there's one bit of negativity i've seen in the comments relating to this film there's certain people who seem very obsessed that Oh, it. it should be humans turning into monsters. And I suppose uh, there is probably another version of this film which goes very much the B-movie horror route, where it is about horrific transformations and things like that. But I, I think they went made the right call here. They, they, I feel the makers of this film looked at the game and worked backwards from a lot of, th- of things. They wanted to have monsters just dis- running straight through a city and they they thought how can we do this yeah it's because and they it... go backwards and, and i just think if it was like people being mutated and then the armies attacking them i think it would have made it just a bit messy
0: yeah it would have thrown up a lot of other stuff and it just wouldn't have been they simplify it and i think improve upon it it wouldn't mm. have worked if they'd done humans metamorphosizing mm. But yeah, so you have in the uh, game, I think it's Scum Labs, mm. um, and in this version, instead the villainous uh, corporation, uh, which is behind all this um, genetic engineering um, experimentation is, more well, genetic editing, editing. Uh, is called Energine, or Energine, Energine.
1: I think they probably found an organisation called Scum Labs. <laughs> it's a bit of a too too big a pill to swallow. Yes. But I, I know, oh, it's, I hope it's not boring that I'm singing the praises of this film so much, but I love the villains in this movie. There'll be
0: plenty of opportunities for not singing praises of yes. films we do later, no, so actually, enjoy it while it lasts.
1: Side note, I'm a bit worried because, like... This is maybe one of the better, best ever video game movies. And, I mean, it doesn't matter what the name of the company is. They're just the baddies. They're called the Wydens. They are brother and sister. Which um, I didn't
0: realise until sort of very late in the movie when they mention it directly but mm. I thought it was more like so the boss of the company Claire mm-hmm. and then I thought her brother Brett yeah I thought it was just like a kind of lackey assistant no. or something but no. no okay
1: she was um no I, I got it quite quickly I guess I saw a lot of myself and Claire perhaps <laughs> I mean we mentioned Lara Croft being like they're trying to avoid her being the one percenter in Tomb Raider and here we have the villains which are absolutely other ends you know again they they subvert a few things they are they are they are um young or y- younger than you would usually have the ceos of a company yeah. being so it, it's just such a cliche to have like the old white guy be the villain but we've got two young they're kind of yuppies i mean very broad strokes mm. but I, again i feel what this film does well is that it's got its sights set on being blockbuster entertainment so you don't need to have more complex reasoning for their evilness and just wanting to chase money. Yeah, you know, that's
0: what's... that's the thing. They're, they very much revel in the fact that they are the villains. Then mm. there's not quite sort of twirling mustache territory, but mm. pretty much almost because, I mean, their plan is pretty stupid. I mean, I get the idea of the genetic editing and they want to sell these as sort of bioweapons in mm. the kind of Resident Evil umbrella style. Um plan. do you think do you
1: think they got further than the Umbrella Corporation? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what do you think would have happened if uh the gorillas and the monsters kept on going? I mean, there's still well, going to be only 3 of them, I be, suppose.
0: Because in the Res- um which of the Resident Evil movies they get attacked they get chased by a giant zombie dog. Number 5 maybe. Is that the one
1: set entirely underground? Yeah. <sighs> I anyway. That's a Resident Evil. We'll cross that bridge retrocution.
0: <laughs> um we'll cross that Bridge when we come to it, but yes, what I liked was that they sort of activate the sonar tracking to get the monsters to come to directly to them. Directly to them. It's like, I mean, yeah, because they want to go and collect the samples, which of which of the canisters which have landed, and you know that doesn't work. So they get the monsters to come to them, and it's a little bit like, um yeah, well, I guess the monsters will destroy each other, and we'll just collect a sample and do it to the highest bidder, yeah. and their plan is carried out but then they
1: just they just just really bad earlier (laughs) no i mean they're entirely about morals and we get a bit of characterization as well because their office i like the office because their shelves were all red they reminded me of blood cells genetic coding okay um but the desks were strewn with like toys and stuff and in the background of the office there was absolutely a rampage arcade machine and again it does a good job of not doing that annoying thing of completely referencing the game. You don't have a bit like in the Street Fighter movie where M Bison is playing a video game. Well, yes, you, you, you can imagine that in this universe, Rampage was a game, and they were inspired by it. But that,
0: but that raises a lot of questions. <laughs> I mean, if if the Rampage video game exists in the world of Rampage the movie, which mm. it clearly does because it's in the background of several shots, yes. Then, and she says it's named Project Rampage. Yes. But she didn't know, they were testing on like rats, and she Mm. is a pet rat. She didn't know that these canisters would go land next to, very coincidentally, a lizard, a gorilla, and a wolf.
1: That's a gimme though, I can imagine that coincidence happening.
0: Yeah, but then at no point does anyone else say this is just like the video game rampage oh. not even does she say this is just like my video game and I'm, gl- I'm glad it didn't mm. but I'm just saying it's one thing which I am will probably notice and it's something we'll look out for in movies but it's when a video game movie acknowledges the fact that it's a video game not just references the source material but as you say like having M. Bison and mm. Street Fighter playing a video game version or saying game over or something and this has it in the background which is fine and there are references to the game later on But I just think it completely breaks the world if you start Mm. saying that she, um, the rampage in this world can't be the same as what's happening in the film.
1: (laughs) I choose to believe that these characters are so disconnected from reality. They certainly seem that way. They're, They're so psychopathic in a way that just like a video game. Just, just like a video <laughs> game. But they're so psychopathic that they would absolutely take inspiration from a video game and science it up a notch. Just
0: for the, just for the lols. Yeah,
1: for the lols and the lots of cash. There was a second... There was a second arcade
0: machine next to the Rampage one, mm. um, which you saw in later shots, but I just couldn't see which title it was. Oh, I'm afraid.
1: So it's whatever the sequel's going to be.
0: If you if you know if you spotted whatever that second game was, then do let us know Just mm. just to you know
1: satisfy my curiosity. So what they do before they set off the signal to get the monsters to come to Chicago, where they're based, um, they send out a special forces team to try and kill or capture uh the wolf creature and get a sample and that team is head up, headed up by a chap called burke who's played by joe uh, manganiello manganiello Manginello. i can't remember like Wee he... herman's friend yes
0: he plays himself in peewee's big holiday is yes. that what it's
1: called and which i know i'm mostly from
0: yeah i can't remember the um the exact pronunciation have you seen the, that of video name.
1: of the rock and peewee herman no Pee Wee Herman was in Wrestlemania 27 oh, right Pee Wee gets to say um, can you smell what the pee is cooking <laughs> um, the Pee
0: Wee Herman sees your point I'm in I want
1: to be on Team Bring It you want to be on Team Bring It yeah you want to be a man yeah then there's one thing you need to do Pee Wee you know what it is if you smell it peewee herman welcome to team Break. give me some that's too much i don't need that much yeah it's worth checking out okay bear that in mind um so uh we introduced to uh, burke um he's driving with his gun out um, I don't know if you noticed, when the door opens, he's he's driving with his gun on the steering wheel and then he holds oh. it. And when we do his tracking shot into the helicopter, he's got guns, guns, guns. And I think this was the moment where I, I realised, oh, it's definitely in on the joke. I think it's definitely quite campy and fun. Would, that character in, in any other film would be a serious badass. But yeah. um, I did expect the character to be in it more. He takes his team to this misty wood where they get totally taken out by... The wolf, and again, this is another kind of a horror scene, and yeah, quite it's quite intense for a twelve-rated movie yeah, with little kids in the front row. There's
0: some body parts lying strewn around, and mm-hmm. the, but it's pretty effective. It, it's very reminiscent of of as you say again the um Jurassic World when you know you've got the ops team yeah. trying to attack the raptors, and even later on in the film, um, there is yet again a, a, another version of. People standing in front of a bank of screens with headcams all yeah. going to white noise and I, screaming I, I all at once. I know that all
1: came off Aliens, but I, I, more of that, please. That's my favourite type of sequence to But see. Even, even, like,
0: the military guy was definitely, like, an Apone, Apone. Sergeant Apone character from oh, Aliens. Oh, what was his name? The, the, um, the pli- uh, military... Colonel Blake. Yeah, Colonel Blake. He's definitely yeah. got, like, Apone's tash end.
1: Yeah think that was a nice, du- nice reference yeah. there
0: but even like Joe from Aliens yeah he's called Burke but <laughs> he's like a good well bad Burke
1: yeah, I ex- I imagined he was going to be in it for a bit longer because it's, because especially the trailer has the rock running around a the city. Then we cut to Burke shouting, Incoming! With woods all around him! Okay. Yeah. He's got a loud voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a nice little sequence and they, they hid really what exactly Ralph the wolf looked like in the myths. So they, they held back the reveals for quite some time. So as well as the giant wolf, George, as we mentioned, got affected. And we have this scene where... The, George is sat in the cave, in the shadows, having killed a grizzly bear, and that's another giant monster um, trope, but a good one, like in Jaws or whatever, where you see like a big, savaged animal killed by our. Yes, if main, it can kill a monster. grizzly, yeah, then. Gosh, it's very powerful. Yeah. It might even kill the Rock, um, <laughs> who's uh, more powerful. Even even the Rock even might the, die. I <laughs> know. Um, George is quickly revealed to be super massive. And my sequence. Is well, no, because he's,
0: he's he's sort of big and stuff, but he's not like super big yet. So they mm. basically contain him oh, in a he's cage. Happily
1: to go into a cage. Okay. Yeah,
0: and then he just gets bigger and bigger, and then he gets really hungry. And there's a then sequence he gets... where, where he was like, "Go and get me some
1: food, like, yeah. the
0: biggest banana you can find." <laughs> he was he was getting hungry, uh, I believe is the yeah. it, the expression. But, but yeah,
1: in between um, George. Before George goes on the rampage, we're introduced to uh, Naomi Harris, who plays um, Dr. Kate Caldwell. She arrives at the zoo where George is based, and we find out that she was uh, part of the Energy Energy Corporation, but her research, as is always the case, gets corrupted for nefarious ends. Yes. So she'd she's she's attempted to do a Cyberdyne-type situation where she erases all the data and things
0: yeah she was trying to work on some sort of genetic editing cure to help her brother who Mm. was terminally
1: ill yes and so her research was an aid of her brother but when she tried to stop the research from being corrupted she went to jail for 13 months during which time her brother died yes and again another reason why i think this film is good is that we get two sob stories really we get one from the rock and one from her talking about her brother and through performances and and direction, um, they convey it really well, and then that's where we are. I've, I've but it's said... sort
0: of it's built into its characterization, which mm. also is of service to the story. Mm. But it's just usually those kind of sub story things are just like. Oh, but this is why I need to do this thing. But this This is is like how I was made. Yeah, but this is why I can't, you know, show any emotion, or this is why I have to kill this bad guy. Yeah, this one. But this sort of feels very kind of, you know, it's connected without being contrived. Yeah, it makes sense that this is all happening to all these characters. Yeah.
1: Um. How do you think her performance was? Did you do you like her in this movie? I thought she was fine. I, I.
0: I I have had problems with her in the past. I don't think she's particularly good at acting. <laughs> um, I'm very sorry, Naomi Harris, but like there's been every time I see her in something, I've found her to be a bit of a weak link. Mm. And I think case in point as well, like talking about the film Moonlight, mm-hmm. um, she got the you know nomination for a performance, and I understand she only had three days to film three different generations of her character and she was filming it in between press tour dates for uh, skyfall or specter or something yeah probably. so Spectre. she was she was filming all in between these things but it's just you see the rest of the film and every other cast member is doing a very nuanced kind of very subtle uh, restrained performance but she's completely kind of like wild crazy mm-hmm. and i get it that's part of the character but she's she sticks out like a sore thumb in terms of the you know history on it and over the top dramatics mm-hmm. and she's just it's not good she's like the thing which really doesn't like upsets the balance of the rest of the movie
1: i mean i've always got a bit of a soft spot for her because i remember seeing her on citv i think she was in the Uh, there's a remake of the tomorrow people and so i really liked that show when i was a kid and then she was in 28 days later and 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 yes perhaps as as i'm a massive james bond fan i quite like her because she's in james bond but um yeah i I think i I think you're right when she's not so good at the old i think she's she's
0: she's fine in this i mean it's 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 Usually in these these kind of movies, it's sort of a thankless role where mm. you're kind of just following the hero and maybe some sort of potential love interest chemistry. But I think this film actually plays that well and she's definitely...
1: She's not a love interest. Yeah,
0: and it's 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 not as simple as, oh, you know, the Brains and Brawn kind no. of team up. They complement each other yeah. well.
1: So uh, George escapes. He, he goes a bit because this um this this stuff not only makes them large, it makes them angry and go on rampages. And he he tries to escape, and he gets as far as the car park before tranquilized, tra- tranquilizer tranquilizer darts gets him. And I found this refreshing. Another subversion. You expect these monsters to be invulnerable right away, but no. I found it really nice that they um, get tran. He gets tranquilized, and again, it shows that he's not invulnerable. And I just, it just makes, sort of makes it more realistic for me.
0: Yeah, so basically he gets captured and taken away by um, government well, they, officials. They, they
1: arrive in DHS marked uh, SWAT gear. And I thought it was... I kept getting a fuse. I kept thinking it was DFS. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> like, why are you talking about sofas? Direct furnishing supplies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does DHS stand for? It's um direct... No, not direct. Department Department of of Homeland Homeland Security. Security. Um, And we're introduced by the aforementioned um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. uh, A.k.a. Cowboy Negan. Cowboy Negan. um, Who was having a good old time in this film, wasn't he? I I don't know. I sort of... I mean, because
0: I've been watching The Walking Dead recently, and he plays a, you know, bad guy character in it called Negan. And it's sort of the same thing, except here he's just Talking about how much of a cowboy he is because he's got like a kind of belt buckle, yeah, well, I was, and his he's, gun he's flashing out. Around,
1: he's, he's walking around with his gun out all the time.
0: Well, it's interesting you say walking around because I swear to God, like, there's about four or five different times in this film where he just appears. <laughs> he just magically, like, when they're going, when they escape and they're going on the medical helicopter, mm. he basically just like appears behind them and says. Oh hey, you need you need some cheese. Then when it's at the base of like the Energine headquarters and the mm. lobby, he just appears. Like, how did
1: he get there? There's maybe a whole and then he just appears at the yeah, end. Maybe he's a wizard, but he just got an advertiser. He a lot of cowboy talk, but he's actually a wizard. He's clearly got some sort of
0: teleportation powers mm. that he's just not telling anyone else about.
1: Yeah. He he arrests the the rock and Naomi Harris, and then he gets the best line of the film. Which is, uh, when science shits the bed, I'm the guy who cleans the sheets. Yes.
0: I, I bet the screenwriters all went out for a drink
1: after nailing yeah. that piece of dialogue. That's brilliant dialogue. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a lot of the S word in this film. There's, there's quite a lot of... I, I know I'm kind of sweary on this podcast, yeah. but I don't have kids, so I don't know why I get all hand-wringing about this, but a lot of swears in this film, so think twice you've Got kids, um, and if you don't want them to be shitting all the way home, <laughs> just um, you know, go and see Ready Player One because they just drop drop an F bomb at that, and not many S words. Just cutting, we do cut back to the villains who are observing all this stuff happening and getting increasingly freaked out when we learn about George. And we have one of the villains holding up, he's got a Pop Tart holder, which yeah. again makes really sells what well, these are complete dickheads, Slime
0: balls, yeah.
1: Um, and that's when they decide to um turn on a signal. In their HQ, because now that the the wolf, um, the the SWAT team couldn't get hold of the wolf, they decide, we'll bring the animals to us. They turn on the signal, and then immediately all the animals about turn and head directly for Chicago. And this ties into what I was saying earlier about how they had to think of a reason why these animals would be running through buildings and smashing buildings, Mm. and they just decided to on the signal and set him in a straight line. And that's a really, really good idea. And yeah. Gets you that destruction.
0: It's a shame then they didn't have a giant mutant crow, because then they'd be going as the crow flies.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> indeed. Maybe for the sequel. I mean, but the, the problem with this signal situation is that George is on the plane when this happens. Yes. And then he immediately goes ape shit and starts rucking up the plane. Again, a very tense sequence. Yeah, the, the, I mean, I think generally
0: the action was well shot. I think the plane sequence was a little bit messy because it was just close quarters, and you know, and he's a- just flinging different like mm. military, police, like left, right, and centre. And the
1: outside of the plane is, is, though. The CGI in this film is is mostly very good. The plane stuff looks pretty poor, and it got me thinking how CGI planes don't look really much better than model planes. So.
0: I think it seems like I've seen, like most blockbusters nowadays, have a scene set in the cargo mm. area of a plane, Just the mummy's got that. I'm pretty sure there's in Fast and the Furious sits, maybe mm. it ends with a fist fight on a plane, as does eight. Lots of planes
1: mm. in movies. It's about cars, though, in those movies. Yeah. Have they but... had, fly- had a flying car yet? Car mm. with wings?
0: No, but they parachute out of a plane in cars. Mm.
1: So there's perhaps a bit of synergy between The Rock's films, because when Jeffrey D. Morgan and The Rock are falling out of plane, uh, and um, Je- uh, The Rock gives Jeffrey D. Morgan a parachute, yes. The Rock does shout, you're welcome, which I thought might have been uh, a Moana reference. Oh, I didn't catch that. Do you think that's
0: like how Arnie says, I'll be, I'll be back, back for about three other films after The Terminator yes, comes out? Yes, I want out. him
1: to say, you're welcome about a lot of things nowadays. That's
0: probably easier to to
1: insert into a movie than I'll Be Back. And one thing I really like about this film is Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he starts being an asshole to The Rock and um, Naomi Harris. He's totally like, we've got this covered. Uh, But then when the the ape shit hits the fan and uh, the plane crashes and George escapes, he recognises that The Rock and Naomi Harris help them out and he totally turns. He's now, like, p- completely pro The Rock and Naomi Harris. He's, And it's really refreshing to have the government stiff mm. not be a government stiff in in spite of all logic. He's like, you know, you guys know your stuff and we're going to help each other out.
0: Yeah. But it's such a difference. It's like, you saved my life and you know what you're doing. So here's the keys to the helicopter so you can
1: escape. Yeah. You get so many films where, like, whole half hours devoted to the heroes trying to convince... Um, the government guy being that, that they know what they're talking about, and they just he only has to prove himself once. It's sort
0: of, yeah, when they do that, it's like adding faux complexity. It's like, oh, mm. we need it's like when there's a movie where it's like two friends and there's like a falling out or mm. something, and then we get back together, and it's just like, uh, you're just doing it because no one wants to see, you know, they think it's more dramatically interesting to see two people who like, you know, mm. uh, who like each other for 90 minutes when actually that is the more satisfying experience, I think.
1: So Rampage is a film about respect, friendship, and mutagens. Yes.
0: Yes. So anyway, so uh, after the plane, um, George teams up with Ralph, and they go rollicking around the countryside on the way uh, to Chicago. And there's a bit when they're talking to the military personnel, and it's saying, oh, you know, a gorilla and a wolf would never sort of team Mm. up together. And I was just waiting for them to reference Homeward Bound, but they never do, you is know. It, the oh, one where it's the two dogs and the cat, and they go on a oh, journey across. I like, thought
1: it's all dogs and Homeward Bound. I
0: thought there's a cat amongst them. But anyway, I was. No one says Homeward Bound, and it just sort of <laughs> seems like this is this is the obvious well, parallel.
1: Right, so, you, so you think it's a stealth sequel to Homeward Bound? It's
0: Homeward Bound Three <laughs> Rampage. The, the Secret of
1: the Ooze. <laughs> <laughs> The third act is kind of a. I mean, this is, is. I think I didn't check how long it is. It's a ninety-minute movie, isn't it? I think it's
0: it's about one hour forty-five, perhaps, it and just moves this along. this like uh, third sort of act is pretty much half an hour of solid video game action destruction.
1: It's funny going into this film, not knowing much about it, got the impression that it was really is trying to distance itself as much from the game as possible or not make it so apparent as a video game movie. And then when we hit this section and there's so much iconography, so much iconography from the video game. It's set in Chicago like the game. Although all the shots of this river made me think of Gotham City. <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> um, from The Dark Knight. Um, when we play the game now there's things like women in red dresses being tossed about the place. Um, there's... Tanks and and helicopters and and I mentioned people being squashed. And these are all bits you remember from the game. And it's not done in an obnoxious way where all the cast of Street Fighter rock up for no good reason. George crashes through uh, a famous arcade chain in America. Yes. Which was totally added on because it's not in the trailers, it is in the film.
0: It's probably the only real product placement that I remember being prominent, apart from the Rampage arcade machine. Mm. But yes, uh, George does tear the sign off of Dave and Busters.
1: Yeah. I love the bit the our heroes converge on the command centre, where Colonel... Blake, did you say? Uh, Blake. Colonel Blake is there, and Colonel Blake says... Uh, we have our contingencies in order, which made me think, the army has a giant monster plan. I love it. <laughs> we got a monster plan.
0: But- Actually, just just talking, I, I forgot in that bit, um, you know, The Rock has various different facial expressions because he is a good actor. But one that he does very well is his Paddington Bear-style hard stare. Does he? And there's this one bit when, when they meet the um, uh, Colonel Blake and they're being escorted away... Uh, the nature of the the room that they're in is that the rock has to walk back and then around to the exit. So he basically turns and does a really hard stare at the colonel. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts back to the colonel and he's walked all around the office. I mean, he comes back and does another hard stare <laughs> at him just as he leaves. Made the colonel so,
1: feel this big.
0: Yes, exactly. I think the rock does a very good hard stare. And later on, um, he does very good screaming while firing grenade launcher or screaming while firing big guns yeah yeah yeah. okay he does very good you know kind of bulging eyes and screaming mouth uh shooting face which you don't see enough in movies
1: the thing okay so i'm clearly a fan of this film but i think there's one thing where it gets a little bit wobbly is that it does the drama, it does the, the terror, and it's very much more of a horror movie than I thought. But then the Rock is a bit quippy as well. And when they're stealing the helicopter and escaping from the clutches of the army, he seems pretty quippy for someone who's best mate in the whole world, world is killing loads of people and, and is very much in danger. It's a pretty serious time to be joking around. Uh, you got so, to keep
0: it light or you'll I cry. I know,
1: but I think there's ever so slight disconnect between, as you say, his wild-eyed moment the machine gun versus all the quips. But it's The Rock. I think with another actor, it might not sell that, but you're, you're always on board with him. So I, I let it pass. It didn't bother me too much at all. Of course the wolf flies. stop,
0: stop me, oh, somebody stop me. stop, stop.
1: We throw everything we can at these things and get people the hell out of that city. Let's go save the world.
0: So the the uh Davis Okoye and Doctor Kate Caldwell, mm-hmm. They do the escape rock and money penny. They they do escape uh on this helicopter and they're heading towards Energine headquarters um because um uh Kate believes that she can Manufacture some sort of cure, or use some use use, science, science the problem away. Yes, to science the problem away. Basically, Um, when they get there, the villains um, are still in the building and they're trying to make their escape. But then they sort of catch them um, trying to steal stuff from the labs, and um,
1: Uh, the lady, she Claire, Claire. flat out shoots the rock. Yeah, basically
0: shoots him in the stomach to the point of. Completely incapacitating him Mm. so that she can then sort of take uh, Kate as a hostage. And And not to spoil anything, (laughs) but then The Rock just sort of appears in the nick of time to once again move Kate out of the way of some falling debris, Mm. uh, because he does that quite a bit.
1: You know, you're talking about false drama earlier. (laughs) Yeah, okay. He shrugs off a bullet. He basically just
0: says, oh, I guess it didn't hit any of my vital organs. And then that's it.
1: have Have you ever been shot? Because you, no. you lose a lot of blood, so i so. I've, I've been hit with paintballs and that's enough to incapacitate me. <laughs> no, but I think that's another moment where he doesn't quite wink at the camera. But you definitely are in the understanding of, understanding of I'm the rock. I'll shrug off this bullet. Yeah. But he would be getting a bit lightheaded by the end of the film. Yeah, because that happens a
0: good sort of 20 minutes before the end Mm. of the movie. He does
1: walk around for the rest of the film sort of holding his wound, like he's Horatio Nelson of his arm. But he's he's not really holding it
0: like clutching to stop the bleeding. He's holding it like you would if you had a bit of a cramp after walking up some stairs after a heavy lunch.
1: Mm. But still, even though it's perhaps a little bit silly that he's walking around, I don't think in the moment you expect, Claire to flat out shoot the rock. No. Um. So again, again, and, villain points. Yeah, her, her, her brother seems a bit mortified by this. She, she's definitely uh the one wearing the trousers, as it were, in this yeah, relationship.
0: Yeah. Because he's the one who says, uh, "I just don't want to go to
1: jail." Yeah. <laughs> So they go to the roof with Naomi Harris uh, hostage, but only briefly.
0: Where they've got the um, beacon.
1: Beacon, but you know, stupidly their helicopter bag is next to the beacon. Although, as I say it, I realise you wouldn't have a helicopter pad in the middle of the building. <laughs> um, <laughs> they could have had an underground no, base. That's very much Umbrella Corporation, I imagine, where they have uh, an umbrella pad. Umbrella pad? <laughs> a helicopter pad. Anyway, getting sidetracked. They arrive at the helicopter pad right as George has climbed up the building and it's all smashy, smashy, smashy. And, yes. um And you said you'd recognize the iconography. You said as soon as she revealed her red dress and she is basically cosplaying as the lady who's grabbed by a gorilla. Yes. On the, on
0: the, on the Rampage title screen, mm-hmm. it's got a big gorilla arm and it's, it's holding a... A uh, woman in a red dress, and um, that's exactly what happens to Claire. She gets grabbed and gobbled up. Yes, which she... I loved. It's it was. I was wondering because that, that's a big part of the games is that you can like People. eat civilians. But I was I didn't think were they gonna go that far with it. And no, it's just George proper you know,
1: horror movie death exactly. I
0: and I liked the sort of shot where it's just. Mouth agape, and she's sort of falling in slow mm. motion with her arms yeah. waving, just screaming. Yeah. And you know, I f- I found similar sequence in Jurassic World mm. very upsetting. I didn't, but I could talk okay. about that. Should well, we... no, 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 let's not talk about it. <laughs> but I found, this... found... But, this, but but even in in Kong Skull Island, I thought the deaths were quite mean and done for comic effect, but in a very cruel mm. way. Whereas here is like. She's been a super villain throughout the whole movie and she gets a kind of comically villainy death and it's like, mm. that's fine. I felt a little less happy about the way her brother gets mm. dispatched as that felt like a very, not cruel, but it's it's weird because the, he kind of just like Agent Jeffrey Dean, Negan Morgan, Russell, cowboy man. Leghorn. Leghorn. Basically just says, oh, you can escape, you can go, and then... The... A rock
1: smashes him. Not the rock. No, oh yeah. <laughs> a rock just crushes him to death.
0: <laughs> no, like a piece of falling building just yeah. completely splatters him and blood goes everywhere. And
1: Conveniently as well. Yeah, he, he basically,
0: always... like Jeffrey D. Morgan basically just shrugs it off and just like, oh well, I better take another exit then. <laughs>
1: but that scene is a bit strange because Jeffrey D. Morgan does a deal with the male villain saying, you yeah. give me all the stuff and you can go on your way. And then, fortunately, the villain gets crushed by debris. If that didn't happen, um, Jeffrey D. Morgan has just let him escape. Yeah, but at least he gets a laptop and a rat. Yeah, a bit strange. But, um, yeah. they're, I mean, so, we like how these villains... We mostly like how these villains died, because, again, yeah. they didn't feel the need to do that thing where they say, every villain is the hero of their own story. I think these guys in their own story know they're the villains, and, and I love it. Um, but they are... They, are, they they don't last until the end. They're gone maybe 10, 20 minutes, 15 minutes from the end because now we've got to deal with the three monsters who have now got no signal uh, tracking him to uh, the centre of Chicago. They're just going bonkers. Yeah. Um, but by this time, Naomi uh, Harris has got the uh, antidote um, for um, for their madness, for their rage, but, but did, not their size. did she
0: administer it or did she... Did... The whole building collapses, and George kind of gets knocked out of his aggressive state and becomes good again.
1: But, but for the antidote. But how was that administered? Because they um, gave the antidote in, in um, the villain's oh, handbag, okay, uh, or whatever she was holding, and um, she and and then swallows, yeah. swallows it, yeah. So you just got to remember for the whole rest of the film, even up to the point, the very last shot where George is helping people down from the car park. He's got a dead body inside him. And, you know, there's like a human woman in his tummy. Yep. And, you know, later on he'll be excreting that woman. There'll be a skeleton, human skeleton just like lying and staring out of
0: the Chicago city center. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, so, it was, you know, we still think George is the hero. If, if The Rock had eaten a human being <laughs> at the end of the film, would we feel he was still like a good guy walking around with a human woman? But, you know, like I a mean, small one?
0: <laughs> but it's, I mean, I wish I had. Um... Medication that was that fast acting.
1: Again, another thing I like about this film is that they do some quick shorthand to get George on the side of the good guys. There's not yes. some pseudo psychology where the enemy of my enemy is my friend or whatever. George is aggression. George's aggression gets cured, and so as we all get a little smackdown between the ape, uh, the lizard, and the wolf. And a human man. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. he does sort of run at them like, I'm going to sort this shit out. Oh, oh no bad idea.
0: Yeah, if they... only
1: there was a helicopter around for me to jump into.
0: Yeah, so Lizzie quickly decapitates and eats Ralph's head. Yeah. Um, and um, then it's just Lizzie, George, um, square off. And yes, you, you have these huge... Sort of destructive cities, debris everywhere, massive monsters. Then you have tiny CGI Dwayne Johnson just kind of like a, even running a around.
1: Giant Dwayne Johnson, he's not as big as a giant gorilla. No. But well, that's the tagline of the film is big, big meets, meets bigger. bigger. Yes. <laughs> running around. But when, when you mentioned uh, The Rock <coughs> looking like, you know, all wild eyed and raw with his machine gun, when he's firing off his uh, RPG yeah. at Liz, it reminded me of Doom. Um, he looked like Doom Guy up top of the rubble and uh, with a big old gun. But um... <laughs> it's called the BFG, not the BOG. <laughs> <laughs> BOG, big old gun, big old gun. Um, but fortuitously, there seems to be a helicopter just sat there, which he jumps into and fires off the machine gun a bit. And uh, what? What's the? Well, you know, twice in a row, George the Rock is about to be killed by Lizzie, and then out of from from behind Lizzie, George jumps up with a big rock or something. And smashes Lizzie's head. He does that twice, and the second time is the is the killing blow, because the second time um it a s- spike the, yes. to
0: go He's, through the eye. George got impaled on a big spike.
1: Oh no. Got impaled on a spike. <laughs> I think um, is that our third Alan Partridge reference well, in as many
0: podcasts? It's gotta be. Um and then uses that spike against Lizzie and squishes uh, her right in the eye. Yeah.
1: And then the day is saved. Um, But we have this moment where George looks like he's dead. And did you think George was going to die from his grievous wounds? No. No. Again, it's fake drama. I see that a because, lot.
0: Because... So there was an interview with The Rock, I think. Was it GQ or Rolling Stone or something like that? And they talk about the ending in the film. Mm-hmm. And it says in the original version of the ending, George did die. Yeah but then test audiences were not mm. well it wasn't no it wasn't test audiences but then in the original version george was going to die and then the rock and the director just spent months and months sort of arguing with each other saying no george must live cuz the rock was basically saying i want my audiences to be happy i mm-hmm. want them to leave happy and I want to make sure that George lives. And the director
1: wanted George to die? Yeah. Okay.
0: So it was all built around sort of George dying and and sacrificing and that kind of thing. But then eventually, like The Rock wasn't angry with anything else on the set, but that was the one point that he wanted to make
1: sure George lived. Again, I feel that wanting the ape to die is a very directory thing to do. He wants to have the emotion, but it's always, it always seems a bit fake. Uh, I mean, I know I was just complaining a moment ago about how they do a fake-out where George comes back to life, but I'm, I'm very tired of the heroic death where they seem absolutely fine up until the film requires them to lose their energy. But, I mean, I knew George wasn't going to be dead because they, they hadn't seen a, a, a gesture rude enough yet <laughs> well, <laughs> because he yeah, comes back said, to life.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the idea is that... I mean, the thing is, it's not done in a, oh we thought he was dead and then suddenly oh no wait he's fine sharp intake take a breath <laughs> yeah exactly it a- actually is a callback um he was faking his own death just so he could get the rock crying hmm. and then he could flip him off once more
1: yeah and he did establish at the start of the film that george has a sense of humor so yeah. again it did seem in character for george kids really laughed yes and um and then although you know Naomi Harris shows up as as well cuz she's been She's been sort of getting helicopters and stuff in. There's actually this whole subplot actually where they're going to nuke, not nuke, but they're going to drop a massive bomb into Yeah, there's a
0: ticking bomb like, I guess, the Godzilla, um, Gareth Edwards movie where there's, you know, big monsters battling, but there's also a a bomb which is going to, Mm. you know, wipe out the monsters and with it the city. But, you know, we have to evacuate the city still. So Mm. they call off the bomb strike as soon as they see that Lizzie is no more.
1: Mm-hmm. But Naomi Harris has been sorting that out, I think. Uh, but she arrives and... Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan magically Je- appears. No, Jeff- he, he, he arrives, <laughs> yes. Um, I think he was in the well, car. He, with, step, he steps uh... out from behind a very thin pipe, <laughs> like somehow magically. And um, George spots Naomi Harris and the rock and then does the old symbol with putting one finger inside his um, closed... How do you describe this on a, a puppet? Uh, yeah, a looped finger. A looped finger and, and thumb. A finger. Yeah, the sexy one, which again, yes. got less of a laugh from the kids, because I don't think you understood quite what that was. Oh no, in my
0: screening, there was a bunch of teens, oh. and they found both the and the bird mm. and the sexy symbol very, very funny. Mm.
1: They do a sequel, going to have to come up with more symbols, dirty symbols. Yeah. There's you only know, like so many shaking her, her, his fist in a wanking motion. Yeah, but so we're at the end of the film. The last shot of the film, as I say, is is again not sequel bait, which is great. But George is alive. George is helping members of the public down from wreckage, and again, all the while with uh, an evil CEO in his tummy. And um, yeah, I really, really good. I can't think of a, a video game movie I've seen which is just this. Out, out, enjoyable. I mean, we're going to go through a lot of films and I'll enjoy them in different ways but I think this, this film's going to rock big at the box office, not to, you know, pun unintentional. But I, I think with video game
0: movies um, generally the ones that are enjoyable, it's a sort of, it's like an illicit pleasure. I, I don't mm. be, not, not, I wouldn't say guilty pleasure is not necessarily the right term, but you're sort of enjoying it on a different level of that the film is operating on. I mean, a lot of those films, like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or something, they are tongue-in-cheek. But um, this is purely set out to entertain, and you're enjoying it not because of some of the ropiness, or because of the rough edges or poor choices. You're enjoying it purely as a spectacle blockbuster hmm. movie. A, and a
1: thrill to see the monsters going crazy in the city.
0: Yeah, I mean, for those who were disappointed in, say, Godzilla or something, from withholding the monster in action, I mean, I, I liked that Godzilla film, um, but this gives you 30 minutes, solid monster destruction action, and it's very well shot. It's not constantly chaos on screen that you can't sort of, distinguish what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. It's all in
1: daylight, mostly.
0: It's Yeah, it's it's daylight. You can see exactly what the monsters are doing. You understand what's, what's happening and the responses from the characters and the military trying to stop them. And it's just, even if it is 30 minutes of just monsters smashing things up, there's enough uh, human stuff which... Goes into it to make you. I never felt like I'll oh, get back to the monsters, and I never felt mm. with the human, you know, with the monsters. I'll oh, get back to the humans. I think the balance was right. Yeah, I mean, I, and to, it to just...
1: contrast it with the Gareth Edwards one, I, I said before, I find the main character in that film really boring, um, and a lot of contrived bits of heroism in it. But this film you know if the if the main human characters weren't interesting or weren't fun to be with then you wouldn't have enjoyed the film i don't think the monster stuff on its own would have been enough but the characters are a lot of fun to hang out with and uh, like i said i really appreciate how the characters start to like each other and and are not constantly fighting they're here to solve a problem and Mm. um and so yeah i think it was a big success
0: yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, you know, we'll see how we go with, with other releases, but I think probably of the three uh, that we've done so far of the, of the new cinema release trilogy, it was probably, uh, you know, I, I think it was probably the most purely enjoyable mm. it, of the three.
1: It doesn't do a lot of things which I don't like in blockbuster movies where it wasn't too long it had a clean story with no unnecessary muddiness um, and it had mostly fantastic effects and and the and the references didn't call attention to themselves so um, yeah. yeah
0: but i think i think it's is is what i was saying with that it benefits from having the time you know it's it's a bit like when Ocean's 11 it's like oh we remade a film which no one really cared about or remembered or liked particularly uh, this is about oh let's make property which no one really cares about anymore, or I mean, apart from those commentators who are complaining about the metamorphosis <laughs> or, or the lack thereof. Um, but this film is like, well, let's do something which has some sort of iconography, it has mm. some name recognition, but we're not going to make a song and dance about it and just use some of the concepts and make just a fun movie mm. around it without getting too bogged down in, you know, the source material.
1: It'd be interesting to see if. This starts a slew of classic arcade games, yes, um, where there was not much plot. Where I mean, maybe we will get a, you know, you can go right down to Pac Man or something. How are you turning? Yeah, Pac-Man or was Space film? Invaders, Space or Invaders. Or I
0: guess Pixels slightly covers that in a slightly different fashion. Yeah. but well, I mean, let's not. Worry about that too much. But I mean, I guess just in the 2000s, you had a bunch of um movie versions of classic TV shows. So you had like Charlie's Angels and Starsky and Hutch and uh, the A Team and um, Dutes of hazard So it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, now that that sort of, you know, even Baywatch, as you mentioned mm. uh, with The Rock, it'll be interesting to see whether they'll just be like, oh, name recognition. And let's just take something which is from the past and make something vaguely cinematic out of it. And, you know, some of that can make you groan and just think, oh, come on. But if they decide to do something fun with it, then why not?
1: So that concludes the, th- the third cinematic release in the row and the first three full podcasts. But that was the the training levels <laughs> done with. But now we're going to start doing what we're really here for which is going deep into the depths of uh mars's moon i should say or deep into video game movies of the past well, DVD releases, Blu-ray releases, streaming, and all the like.
0: Yes, we're, we're going back to review some classics.
1: Classics. With quo- heavy quotation quotations. marks. Yes, and as you may have guessed from the what I mentioned earlier, the first game movie we're going to con- uh, do discuss as a, as a connection to the one we just talked about, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. He's starring in Doom.
0: yes. Well, this is a little bit inspired by um, uh, a tweet by The Rock himself. Mm. Um, There was a list on Rotten Tomatoes which was saying that the current score for Rampage's reviews puts it top of the video game movie list, as in the best reviewed or highest percentage of good reviews uh, of any video game still movies,
1: fifty-three percent or something wasn't yeah, it?
0: Yeah, I mean it's still it's still like barely a pass. Mm.
1: But um, so what did his tweet say? Du- I'm not going to do Dwayne's voice, but no. he said, "Wow, very cool rampage news. Not pointing to the scoreboard yet, but it seems we may have finally broken the dreaded video game curse. And remember, I starred in the stinker Doom, so I have lived thy curse. And what was uh?" The doom Twitter accounts response
0: yes so the doom Twitter account saw this and just tweeted
1: Dwayne 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 uh, no response from Dwayne yet but um yeah so uh, the rock was not a stranger to the old video game movies as we mentioned earlier he was in the adaptation of the doom video game franchise both he's in it and also Carl urban is in it and uh Ro- Rosamond Pike. Rosamond Pike. So uh, yeah, both of and I have seen this a few times. We'll be watching it again for the podcast in a couple of weeks with
0: fresh eyes. So yep. please do do join uh, watch, us. Uh, watch, watch new um, before the new episode it, comes out. It's so.
1: also on Netflix right now. Netflix UK. And um, I'm sure you can rent it for a, a nominal fee at various places. Or CEX probably has it for fifty p. <laughs> um, so join us when we tackle Doom in a couple of weeks. Yes. I've been Harry Steele. My and Twitter handle is uh, at only man who can.
0: I've been Rory Steele and I'm on Twitter at Rory Steele. R O R Y S T W E L E. You can find games on film. Uh, In all the various different places, you can find us Twitter at GamesOnFilmPod, Facebook GamesOnFilmPod, SoundCloud.com slash GamesOnFilmPod. You can email us, GamesOnFilmPod at gmail.com, and our music is provided by the very wonderful David Lightfoot.
1: Don't forget to... uh... Like, share and subscribe this as well. The more listeners, the better.
0: Please review and rate us on iTunes and wherever you can, rate and review us, preferably high scores.
1: And remember to look both ways when you're crossing the road because we'd hate to lose some followers. <laughs> yes,
0: or be a
1: bit moral at the end of the podcast. Look today. Both,
0: Look both ways because you never know there might be a gorilla crossing.
1: Oh no. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Take care. Thank you, bye! Bye